Great morning, everybody. Great morning. I'll try to jump on you quick, Caleb. <laughs> that was instantaneous. <laughs> oh, Great man. morning, Coop. Good morning, Coop. How are you today? I'm phenomenal. I'm phenomenal, man. What's uh, what's what's good in the neighborhood? Um, a lot of things are good. Um, I don't want no crying. I don't want no crying, bro. You better be bragging. No, man. I, I was just talking to a friend of mine today, you know, and it's like you just got to keep working hard. For me, it's like kind of I'll do whatever it takes for like, like the next 10 years, right? Just yeah, put my head down. So that's that's where I'm at, you know, just working hard. What's up with you? Oh, it's all it's all good, man. Um, I'm working on this thing, um, or this muscle called patience. <laughs> um, it's like the smallest muscle that I have, and it, it, you know, like when you first start working a muscle group or like a muscle you haven't ever worked before, it hurts. You do the smallest mm-hmm. movements, it, it hurts. Um. I've been, you know, pr- you know, working on this muscle for like the last seven months, um, and I got some news, Caleb. Oh, it still news. hurts. <laughs> yeah, you you think you're doing better, and then uh, yeah, and then you get you hit know. with something. It's like I'm with you, man. Man, like come on. But it's all it's all good, man. It's uh, no man, it's just another another day, another week to to get better and uh, to keep growing at the end of the day. So, uh, family's doing good. Um, Cashton uh, has decided that he is going to be able to jump out of his crib um, with his sleep sack on. Living his best life, dude. Man, living his best life, dude. Like, we put him down, and the next minute you just hear the da do Oh man, you'll you'll get there. You'll 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 know. Kids always surprise you, bro. Yeah, I I'm literally like we talk about all the time now, which must mean you know getting close. Exactly. So I'm just like (laughs) like I always joke I'll be calling you, but a lot of people out there I'll be calling you. It's all good. It's all good. Well, yeah, man, that's all I got going on. Um, Should we jump into this podcast? Let's get to it. Let's get it. Okay, everybody, on today's episode of Ship Building with Cooper and Caleb, Cooper's going to bring in our next guest. Good morning, everybody. On today's episode of Ship Building, we have Amy Noobson. Thank you for having me. Amy, it's uh want to say thank you for being on today's episode. Um, can you just tell our audience a little bit more about who you are, uh, what you do, and why you do what you do? Yeah. So my name's Amy Noobson. I've owned a marketing company for almost 17 years now. Um, but what I found in my journey of being an entrepreneur and helping others in that same position of being able to find who they are my purpose has been developing over those 17 years and who I am is there to help others find their voice so they can make a difference in the world and how I do that is through marketing and through coaching so I'm a business coach who helps people with their leadership skills how do you want to show up in the world how do you want to show up with your team your clients But then I also do it in my marketing role as a fractional chief marketing officer that I do for about three to four other companies. And so I get to do that role in a completely different way. How do I get them to find their voice visually in communication to show up who they are? Boy, that was like a full-on mission statement, Amy. It is kind of a mission statement. Yeah, it's, it's scary being an entrepreneur, right? It's sometimes I hear from all my clients, it's lonely at the top. 
Um, and sometimes you get a little bit hit, like you forget your way and you forget your own mission. So they need help finding their voice again and who they are. Can can you give us a breakdown of, you know, you said entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, kind of the buzz, buzzword of, of these days. Yeah. Can you tell us how, like, how you got started and, and what led you to where you are now, maybe? So I got my start as a graphic designer at Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Dakota. That's how I got my start. Um, and when I was in the corporate environment, I realized very quickly it wasn't for me. I had no communication with like who I was actually creating the graphics for. I never understood if the if my message was being delivered correctly. I was just a piece in the whole process and I absolutely hated it. Um, so I, of course, did what everybody does. You find a client and there are two and you freelance for a while or moonlight until you can replace your income and that's what I did. I started my company and then my husband joined me a little bit later so we are a partnership with our company and we've been working together for 17 years and we love it but it has not been all like rainbows and butterflies you know it's (laughs) it's been some challenges and as a coach I have two rules when I work with my clients one complete honesty I don't care if you're wanting to cry, cry. You know, it has to be honest and vulnerable communication. And the second rule is stop learning and start applying. Um, So those are kind of like two things that I really strongly believe in is start taking action. Um, Sometimes when we're afraid to take action, we start learning and we stay in the learning mode. Mm. Yep. And then we get stuck in there. Chase education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we just go on to the next thing. And before you know it, our brain is so like overloaded with ideas that we don't know how to, then you really don't know how to take action. Do you like the saying analysis paralysis? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of a, a bigger pockets is a big, I, I'm, I'm, I delve in the real estate world. And I feel like the first, when the bigger pockets podcast came out, the thing that they would always talk about is, um, you know, how do I know what's a good deal? How can I learn so I don't fail? And and they'd always call it analysis paralysis. Exactly. And I think you you described that really well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Coop, I'm on a roll right now. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> how do you coach your clients out of that? And I, I know you. Yeah. I know you said you have rules, but yeah. what are some ways that you you know get your clients to to see the light, if you will? Yeah. So I have um my coaching program is with three C's. So it is clarity, courage, and confidence. So within clarity, I believe that you need to understand what your beliefs are. What is stopping you from moving forward? What is helping you? And then it's creating that really strong vision inside that clarity. And then it's change. Are you willing to do something different? Are you able to let go of out? grown beliefs and ask for help Mm. because when I was in my darkest moment I had to be coachable that was the hardest thing for me to do when you're in the darkest spot of your career and you're just like I'm done I'm walking away from this there's no more I can do but you can ask for help and then you got courage so with when you get your clarity you start to do you get to go into the courage area of it and learn to accept who you are and give yourself permission to be yourself and then after that it's vulnerable i was okay so here it's my my um background i was a farm kid i grew up on a dairy farm in wisconsin what we learned at eight years old is you work hard you get the work done. You work from sun up to sundown. That's what we did every day, summers, didn't matter what it was. So when I got into tricky situations, what did I do? I worked hard. Well, that doesn't always work. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I learned to become vulnerable. 
and be honest with people. Um, and then I learned when, when you figure kind of that out, the next part is this is me, not being afraid to show the world who you are. And it starts to be like, I don't need to be liked by everybody. And I'm okay with that. This is who I am. I'm going to attract the right clients and the right people by showing up correctly. And then it goes into confidence. Once you kind of start building that up, the confidence of who you are gives you more, gives you clarity in your purpose. It allows you to move into that um, space. And then the best part though, then is, um, then it becomes like who, the growth. That's where your growth really takes off. I always thought I'm on a growth plan. Like I've always been growing as a business owner until I got into these steps that I created for myself, <laughs> my growth just exploded and work started like funneling to me. And I could not, I actually had to start turning people down. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm super busy. I can talk to you in June. I actually just told somebody that I'm like, I can talk to you maybe at the end of June. That's the difference. And when you actually start to show up as who you, who you are, and that's the last step is, um, this is me. Be a voice, not an echo. Mm. Love it. Love it. Hey, Caleb, <laughs> can, I, uh, can I get the ball or are you still uh, holding it? I'm going to let you, I'm going to let okay. you go now. Um, but we're going to go back to Wisconsin dairy farm. Well, cool. you got some ties to Wisconsin, right? Like, so my grandfather was actually um, a dairy farmer in a, a town called Monroe, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I don't yep. know. Yeah. So I still have a lot of family in southern Wisconsin and yeah. and, and ties to, to, you know, the farm life and working hard as well. So I, I resonated with that a little bit. And yeah. you've given us a bunch to unpack right now. I'm going to let Cooper start. I mean, this is going to be a good story. Great. Um, I would love to. Can we – so you said you – have been an online or you've owned your online uh, marketing business for 17 years. Yep. Yes, I have. <laughs> that's so that's a long time. Uh, 17 coop. 17. Um, can you just talk about, you know, on that journey, um, you know, some of the key lessons that you've learned because um, I don't think we've had anyone on here that's owned a business for that. That might be the longest Long- established. Yeah, yeah, you might, yeah, yeah, longest established. So, yeah, what key lessons have you learned through that, through your time? <laughs> Communication is everything. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. Adaptability as well. Um, so, I don't, you know, in marketing – it adapts and it changes and it's like a creature in itself. Right. And I always say, if we can't adapt, we, we will die. Like as a company I started off doing mostly graphic design. Cause that was my skill set. And then um, we kind of dabbled a little bit in graphic or websites and we custom made websites hard coded. Cause that was before WordPress. And mm-hmm. so we did that for a long time and we started to realize design doesn't really bring in a whole lot of money or it's changing because there's so many more software out there that's making it easier and so we went all in on websites well then your second phase goes okay now there's Wix (laughs) now there's this and now you have virtual assistants which is great building people websites okay what do we do how do we adapt? And you have to choose at that moment, what is your, what do you love doing most about marketing for us? And we looked at it and we just recently just announced no more websites. After 17 years of doing websites, we are no longer creating new websites. We are only supporting our clients who we have currently. And I'll be honest, that was a really hard decision because it was so much part of our identity as a company. But it wasn't fulfilling us anymore. And it wasn't actually, it was actually losing us money almost every project. So when you look at the profitability, you kind of have to check your ego and go, I know this is what we know. 
This is what we're comfortable with. But it does not mean that's where we should be. Um, I know COVID was hard for a lot of people, but it gave me the biggest clarity I have ever gotten in my life, other than one other time. But the other thing about being in business for 17 years, I learned the biggest valuable lesson I've ever got about six years ago. I was sitting in my office in Fargo at the time, and I was crying. I couldn't leave. I couldn't do anything but look out the window, watch the snowball, and cry. And I was like, I'm done. I don't know what to do. My clients are pissed. I don't know what to do anymore. Things have just fallen out from underneath me. And we were six-figure medical debt because what had happened, my business partner and husband Avery had been in a car accident. And due to that car accident, he was unable to barely walk. And the doctors were like, he'll bounce back, he's young. But he wasn't able to walk. He had a head injury that we fought for three years to get diagnosed and he couldn't figure out the programming. It just didn't make sense to him anymore. And you don't realize as a company how vulnerable you are <laughs> until something like that happens. And we weren't prepared. Right. We had no backup. It was me and him that did the company. Throughout 17 years, it's been mostly him and I as a team doing all the work. And Six years ago, we realized that was a bad idea. Um, and that's where I started going through my journey of my coaching program and developing that for myself. Without Avery, who was I? What did this company represent? And I had to recreate it from scratch, basically. And I am happy to say we're completely out of medical debt. You know, like... We fought our way out. We got our clients back in order. We created a stronger, better brand. But I hope entrepreneurs never go through that moment. I've heard people say that most entrepreneurs, what, what they do is they don't create a business. They actually create themselves a job, right? And it sounds like that's something you realized um, you know, when, when your husband, you know, had his unfortunate accent is you, you really didn't have a business that could right. keep going if you exactly. Left, right. So, so you went through that and, and you mentioned mm -hmm. communication too. Um, what, uh, what changes did you guys put into place once you realized, Hey, we need to make, you know, this, this needs to be able to hum along whether we're yeah, here or not. Communications and processes as creative people, we resisted process like you like Avery I'd create a process and Avery would break it I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like I just created it just spent hours doing this you know and and so he didn't understand the importance of the process because it was just me and him we're like why do we need this I know what I'm doing but in that moment if he had had a process put in place and procedures and like documented what he had done i could have handed that off to somebody else and said here follow these these steps and we'll get the job done but because it was all in his head there was no backup and his head was all screwed up because of the brain injury so okay so i can't even get the information <laughs> And then now on top of it, I don't know how to do the work. What do we do? And yeah, we had created a, a really mess for ourselves. But the communication part um, doesn't matter if it's a partner, if it's your clients. Um, and learning that in communication, there's really not a time to be lazy. Um and even though I've been working on communication, my emails, you know, just recently, um, a client's virtual assistant told me I was rude in my emails. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so you have to go back and go, <laughs> okay. You know, and you analyze it. And I, 
you have to also come into it that these are people that you don't know their situation, how they're filtering out your communication. And I, I just, that, that's, that's great because, um, communication, especially over any type of communication where all the person has is like words, mm-hmm. you know, text, yeah. email, you know, whatever, um, it's really up to how that person is taking it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I find myself doing this all the time, you know, and, and I, luckily I've got personality coaching. So I, I understand myself a lot better. Um, that, you know, how someone says something is not how it's being said, you know, like the intention behind the email is usually not how you read it. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yep, and and it's it's hard for people to, you know, understand that or or try and filter that. So it's interesting that you that you said that you said that. Yeah. So when you when you were when you were emailing mm-hmm. me when we were emailing forth, was it kind of like the same way you were emailing this virtual assistant? No, with a virtual assistant, I actually <laughs> put a lot more effort into it because I knew, you know, like okay, you know, um, and I say please and thank you, and I. They still got called rude. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> um, but, you know, I also know some of her backstory. And I was like, okay, I can see this. And what I always try to do is, like, how can I empathize with that person? You know, how can I see that their intention sure. is to get better communication from me? And that's what they're asking for. And how can I, how can we bridge this communication gap here? And sometimes it's just getting to know them better and, and letting them know my intentions. Cause I'm new to this team coming into it as a, you know, chief marketing officer. So there's a, you know, there's definitely some worry when you've been a part of an existing team. Um, and so that's what I've learned with um, sometimes. Yeah. I, I like, being able to, when it's a really quick email, I'm also really conscious of people's time. And I try to make them short so they're not really long-winded because I'm ADD. So if you give me a really long-winded like email, I'm like, what were they trying to tell me? I just got a seven-page email from someone trying to recruit me just out of the blue. And I was just like, like did she? how much time did she put into this right. email? <laughs> <laughs> You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I apologize if to if this person is listening, right? right. I mean, I've never met him before, but yeah, I can definitely. And, and you learn, um, it's all about people relations. So, what I can get, a, you know, how I can communicate with one person is different than how I can communicate with another. Mm. But it's still being me, like who I am. I'm not going to fake who I am to go to an email, but I might make more effort. Because I know that person needs it. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'm a strong believer if there's an email that needs to go out, I try to think through the questions my audience might have and answer those in the email and break it out into small, easy-to-read chunks. That's who I am. I try to anticipate somebody's questions so I can answer it in one email instead of going back and forth. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Um, Amy, so seventeen years. Yeah. Um, you 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 got the the business coaching as well. You're super busy. So what's what motivates you? I mean, what's motivated you to do all these things? Be with something for seventeen years, pivot, change, yeah. take a new path. Like what what's what's the factor? What motivates you? People do. Honest to God, it's people. I. Um, I told a story when I was a kid, I loved people so much that I could never stay home um, to the point where I'd run into people's houses and like visit everybody in the neighborhood to the point my mom actually hooked me up to the clothesline so I couldn't run out of the yard. Mm. <laughs> so that was me at like at a toddler, right? And along the way, somehow I got a little lost in myself through, you know, childhood and everything. And I realized when I started thinking about it, it's that connection to people and finding people just fascinating. Their stories are amazing. 
And I recently took a, a, a course with one of my now clients about how to be a leader and speak on stage. And one of our you know, assignments was just to tell our stories, tell stories about us to our action partner. And I got a guy from Columbia. I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. You know, like, how is my story going to be interesting to this guy in Columbia? Okay. So I'm talking to him. He's like, this is fascinating. Tell me more about the farm. I'm like, what? Like, you, this, you find this interesting? (laughs) Like, why? You know, we always believe that our stories aren't that intriguing. And when I started talking with him, I started realizing, even though I didn't have this amazing upbringing, I grew up on a farm. It was interesting enough in my story, it made me who I am. And bringing those out, some of the skills I have, um, my dad was also not, he's a, uh, I'm a first generation American as well. So my dad's from Norway and I lim- I'm on a farm and I remember at like nine years old, my dad'd be like, go get a hammer. Okay. I'd run into the barn or the shed and go get a hammer, come back. And he's like, I don't want a hammer. I want a wrench. Okay. You said hammer. Okay. So what I learned early on as a kid is to anticipate others needs. This actually helped me as becoming a good marketer. Mm. So the next time you ask for a hammer, go in the shed and grab every tool I could possibly think of he might need and carry them out and be like, which one do you want? Because <laughs> like, it was never what he asked for. And it was because, the, you know, sometimes the language is a little bit of a barrier for him. And it was those kind of skill sets that really served me well into my early career. And now I get to kind of do that for others. Like, how can I support you and what you don't know you need? That's super interesting how that, you know, those stories transition perfectly into what you are doing now. Um, I love that. I, I, I'm, I, if it's okay, Coop, I want to switch a little bit back to, um, you know, you're, you're going to go into business and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, um, it sounds like Avery is going to join you. And you, you mm-hmm. had some struggles later on where, you know, when he went through his, his car accident and recovery, what was it like early on, you know, both boom, we're both 1099. You know, what was oh, some struggles so as you were early in the business? <laughs> you question every decision you make like do we do the right thing do we hire the right person do we you know like do we have the right office like it was I look back and I'm like how exhausting that was of not knowing if your decisions were correct and then you feel like okay I think I did it right and then you find out oh that wasn't right (laughs) but you always learn um, but early on, I think it's a little bit challenging too, when you work with your husband or your spouse, um, because sure. at one point we realized our relationship had become so much business that we didn't know what, how else to talk to each other. Like we go to supper or we'd have dinner and we'd talk business. Like it never stopped. And we eventually had to create rules within our relationship, like, okay, no checking emails after a certain time. Because, you know, when you get that bad email at 10 o'clock at night, you can't sleep. And, of course, your business partner is right next to you. And you're like, oh, okay, and then it just starts, right? <laughs> it's not a... <laughs> Guess who just exactly. messaged us. <laughs> and it's not a good thing. Um, so we really tried after realizing we didn't have anything else to talk about where else can we create a more holistic lifestyle? Like what other interests can we do? You know, what kind of communication um, rules can we do for clients? Um, And we always had each other's back. That was a big thing that we did early on. If he made a decision, I would back him up and vice versa we were always a united front on those kind of communications to our clients, to our decisions, 
we never played the blame game um, because you make mistakes and they happen. So my, my rule of thumb when we first started was don't tell me the problem, tell me solutions. And so we got kind of in a habit of telling each other, okay, this is what happened. Here are some solutions. Which one do we want to do? Love it. Mm -hmm. Great stuff, oh my gosh, especially yeah. if you're going to go into business with yeah, your partner. Yeah, any kind I mean, of partnership. Thing, for um, sure. Having very clear, defined expectations and rules and um, not being afraid to have those conversations. I Right now, I'm in a negotiation with a client out in um, Pennsylvania who's a lawyer. <laughs> and um, But she's taught me Great. not to be afraid of the conversation the contract conversation. We've been in a conversation for a contract two months to make sure it's right. What are, what are all the expectations? She has five different brands that are becoming on to manage. So it's a big undertaking, including her law firm and understanding the scope of this project. What's part of the deal? What's not part of the deal? What is my deliverables? Like all of those things are being negotiated and talked about. Um, and through it, we've built a really good relationship and we haven't even started working with each other because we are upfront and honest mm. about the communication. So when you, <laughs> that's great, uh, Amy. Um, so ju I just want to ask about this particular instance with this lawyer mm -hmm. And you said that she's, you're, you're going to be managing some of her brands. Yep. Um, like, so what does that look like in your Yeah, role? so that's my role as chief, chief marketing officer. And what I do is a lot of project management, but it's also strategic thinking. And um, helping each of those brands operate on by themselves, but also collectively as, you know, as we need them to kind of work together. Um, so what I'm going in, going in to do at first is organize. I know it does not sound exciting, but really going in and figure out what she's got, where she's got, what I'm learning from a lot of companies that are coaches and, um, people who have been online for the last year have been just producing content like crazy, but they're not having a purpose behind it. And so we're going through, I'm doing this actually with two different clients, going through and going, almost doing an inventory check and trying to understand what is their offer? What are we doing? What is this brand? How is this message unclear? And doing a huge inventory. And you can create a lot of stuff in a year. <laughs> so it can be quite an undertaking. But then we just start creating a plan of action after that of what do we want to accomplish? What is the voice? Um, because for some companies, it's really easy to have a voice. And some other people are very, like they'd rather not even be show showcased as a person behind the company. They don't want to tell their story. Um, but today, audience want to know who they're supporting who are, who's behind the curtain of that company and why should we purchase from them? So that's kind of my goal. Mm -hmm. That's where my coaching comes in as well is I'm able to kind of get them to find their voice. What are they looking for? Um, this lawyer out in Pennsylvania, her voice is amazing. She's got it very clear, but she's also got so many brands that she's starting to need help met. Yeah, exactly. And then trying to also make maybe. sure it's all being done and having somebody over her see everything because it's getting too big. She's got staff on hand, but they're doing, mm -hmm. they're doing tasks. And so she needed help with the management part of it. And that's where I stepped in. Mm, interesting. Mm -hmm. Very, very yeah. interesting. Um, 
just this is just a lot to unpack, Amy. So I, oh, I appreciate no. your patience yeah, with some yeah. of our questions. But every, this is the beauty of you know when we get to build a relationship with somebody. Um, we just never know where these combos are going to go. So thank oh. you very much again for being open. Uh, Coop, yeah, so I, I just want to talk about uh, fear <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Mm, um, this is great. How, you know, how have you overcome fear mm-hmm. on your journey? Well, entrepreneurship is not without fear, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, there is a time in my life I was, you know, looking back at how I showed up and the evolution of Amy, let's just say, of showing up and being present in the moment. When I first started my company, I remember like, okay, I have to do these networking events. I have to go do this. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I love people, love being there. But what happened is my doubt would just shut me down. The fear of being seen shut me down completely. And I would be like, I'd, my friend Judy, who's mm. amazing and a salesperson in Fargo, and I'd be like, I'm just going to take along with you and I'll kind of hide behind you and we'll kind of I'll talk with people. And, you know, <laughs> like I didn't even realize I was doing it. And that was kind of my first go round on networking. My second um, evolution of myself was I'm going to just talk about them. That's great. I'm going to get to know them and going to talk. And I had so much fun. I came home with so much energy that I could not sleep, you know, but Avery be like, well, did you tell them about, did you make any connections about the business? I'm like, nope. Cause I talked about them. <laughs> like I didn't talk about me at all. Hmm. Um, so like th- then you just keep evolving and figuring that out. And my, strong belief is if you are super comfortable and there's nothing to be afraid of then you need to find a space where you can step into that makes you uncomfortable because that's your next growth with growth becomes has uncomfortable um it's it's part of that i don't know it's kind of um It's, I don't know how to say it, but it's one of those things where I learned early on to also step back and say, is this something I really don't want to do? Like, is it not, doesn't make sense or is it just fear? Like I used to check in with myself. Is this fear talking that I don't want to do this or is this really the wrong choice? You know, that, that's, that's interesting you say that because we just, um, well, actually, Andrea, who's on today, you know, this week for the podcast, um, she had kind of the similar strategy. Um, she called it questioning mm-hmm. fear. Um, you know, where if fear does show up, is it is it meant to keep you safe when you are supposed to be safe, or is it meant to keep right. you safe? when you're not supposed to be like, are you supposed to be outside of your comfort zone? Are you supposed to be mm-hmm. growing? Um, so it's interesting that you said that cause I'm, I'm, I'm hearing kind of the same, the same similarities. Yeah. There. And the other thing I realized when I got very clear and what I was about, my purpose became bigger than my fears. And anytime I was in that spot where I was in that point of like, oh, I don't want to do this. This makes me really uncomfortable. And I'm like, but what's my purpose? My purposes are helping others find their voice Mm. so they can make a difference in the world. I can, yeah, I can't do that. Going back to the why. I can't do that if I play small. Who does that help? No one. So that's what gets me. Did you have a mentor? Did you have a mentor that helped you develop some of this? I know you were, you mentioned some of your coworkers in the past. Yes, I think every coach, coach needs coach. a coach. Um, you know, um, and I have. That's <laughs> exactly. a bar. That's <laughs> a bar. Totally <laughs> Practice what you preach. Um, the idea is you're always needing some, like you can't always see it yourself. 
that's the whole point of a coach, right? Is we are in it. And my coach is really good about just helping me talk it through. And I'm like, oh, yep, I got it. Okay. Yeah. He's like, you do all the work. I just, I'm the sounding board for you. But early on, when I was in that dark moment, I got a coach. Um, I needed help. And that was really hard for a farm girl to ask for help because you don't ask for help. You just get the work done or, you, mm-hmm. yeah, or you get yelled at, nah, you know, like get you don't get an option. <laughs> and so <Yeah. laughs> that was kind of a turning point it was be coachable and not like, like follow the leader, but just open up to enough to be coachable. And then the next um, one for me was in that really bad moment when everything's falling apart, this kid came up to me. Well, he's a kid at the time. He was like maybe 19, 20. I don't know. He's young. And he came up to me. He goes, oh, my God, I love what you're doing. I would really love for you to be my mentor. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> like this, is, this is really <laughs> happening. Somebody punking me. Like, what's happening? Like, because it was such a bad spot. I had so many insecurities at that point when he came up to me and asked he was another marketing company and I'm like okay and that's where I developed those two rules I'm like sure let's do this but I'm going to be honest with you and you're going to be honest with me that moment changed my life because I didn't know how to do it but I was willing to give it a shot And I was willing to share my stories to help another entrepreneur not make the same mistakes. And I told him everything. I'm like, you want to know something? Ask me. I'll tell you what I know and we'll work it through. (laughs) You know, that's, that's great. And, um, it's, it's crazy that you said, uh, you know, your, your purpose was bigger than yep. your fears. Um, I mean, which is, you know, I feel like it, whatever it is, you know, entrepreneurship or, you know, if you're applying for a new job, whatever takes you outside of your comfort zone, um, you have to have something driving you, something bigger that's going to push you when fear pops up because fear is always, always. going to pop up. <laughs> without that I mean that's yeah that's that was that was powerful yeah I mean that that and then when you get the fear starts to come in that's when the doubt comes in and then it becomes a little bit of a cycle um and that's when I step back and go what's my purpose or am I showing up for who I am am I finding my own voice you know am I catering to others or myself And that makes a huge difference. Mm. I just recently, I was in that leadership group and I started actually leading some of the leadership group I was help I was participating in. And one guy that was with us for seven months had a one-to-one call with them. And he's like, where have you been? And I'm like, what do you mean? I've been here the whole time. (laughs) Like he goes, where were you? I'm like, well, I was letting John lead and follow, you know, and he, I go, I've been stepping into my um, group um, coaching and he's like you are amazing why did you hide for so long if we think back how many of us were hiding because we were afraid to step into the light and be seen it, that's you know that's such a great that's such a great point um, and the minute you told me you talked about the Columbia mm-hmm. guy and talking about your, you know, he was fascinated yeah. about the farm. Who would have knew? Um, <laughs> the, the, I mean, yeah, the boring old farm. Hey, I'll be before before I make my point. Like I grew up in the cities. I'm a city boy, and so coming out here, I would get we would get fascinated seeing the cows like out, and <laughs> you know, on in the fields. I was like, oh, that's a cow. Oh, they my husband this. was fascinated oh. when he realized cows could run. I'm like, right, of course right. they can run. <laughs> <laughs> but i was i was gonna say is you know we we all have a story to tell um it's like some like no matter 
what you think about your story. Like somebody will resonate with you. And that's one thing I keep hearing in your story, Amy, is like once you started going outside your comfort zone, putting yourself out there or talking to people, like people just were drawn to you. Like, yeah, where have you been, Amy? Um, Oh my God, tell me more about the farm. You know, yeah. so that I so that's just yeah, I just want to add that that's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, and sometimes we need that another person to tell us that we're we're interesting. And I work a lot with my client. His name is John Bates. He does a leadership, and he talks a lot about how to create a TED like talk. And it starts with your origin story. And he always talks about Spider Man. And my sister's actually in the group with us. She goes, I don't get it. I don't have a Spider Man origin story. I didn't get bit by a spider. I don't understand this. And I go, But that's not the origin of Spider Man. The origin is the decision he made when he let the criminal go past him and kills his uncle. His origin starts when he chooses to be a hero, when he chooses to never let somebody else, like, to always help. Like, that was his moment. It wasn't the spider. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think when people get lost in that superhero origin story, it can be super simple. And it's a decision we made that was kind of a crossroad moment. And what do we do with it? Is there anything besides mm-hmm. having a coach today? that you do to also work on your self-development or make sure that you're constantly, you know, putting, or not constantly, but you're continuing yeah. putting yourself in um, a growth mindset. So I'm constantly doing something. Um, right now, the, the huge thing is those five-day challenges, right, that are online. So I'm like, I can do this. Well, I didn't just do it with one company. I did it with five companies. Okay, so I'm creating curriculum. And I'm helping clients with curriculum development, coaching them in this, you know, in the moment, how to be on live Facebook. Yet I don't do Facebook live myself very well because <laughs> I'm not used to being off on like on <laughs> camera. But I decided, well, you know what? I'm gonna do it. So I have a group called Money Plus Coffee that's on Facebook. And me and my friend Stacy, who is a financial expert, you know, and she does profit first and um we talk about the energy of money and our belief systems and how it holds us back around money. And through those conversations, and I'm not kidding, both of us, when we started, we were like, we can't do this. We cannot go live. Are we doing this? Like we would have to talk ourselves into going. And then we're like, all right, now we're like, are you ready? Okay. Yep. Go. <laughs> you know, it's like, it gets easier. Um, and sometimes she couldn't do it by herself and I couldn't do it by myself. We needed that partner that helped us along the way. And so even if you don't get coaches, it's right. finding those people in your lives that make you better, that keep you on that conversation where you want to go. Um, the last two years, my world has exploded with amazing people from all over the world, um, from Colombia to Spain to England to all over the United States. Um, ironically, I don't even hardly have any friends here in the Minneapolis area because I hardly spend time here. <laughs> like I travel, I travel all winter and I have for the last five years. To, I had to get out of the North Dakota winters. I had to leave. Um, so <laughs> exactly. I, I can so relate. I, I can relate. <laughs> to get a different perspective. And I highly recommend that to people is try to spend a month somewhere that's, and it puts you in uncomfortable spots because it's not your home. You're working from a location. You don't know what you're going to expect. You don't know where the grocery store is. I mean, there's so many unknowns that you have to discover, but you get to meet people in different communities and all over the United States are different types. I think of them as different cultures and each state has different cultures. Yeah. And I don't, I just went to New Mexico this winter and I had an idea what New Mexico was, right? And I was like, oh God, New Mexico. Okay. We're going there. Let's make, you know, I <laughs> loved it. Can, so can I, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, 
now you got my curiosity <laughs> peaked. Um, so how how is that like tra- being able to travel oh, and work? Yeah, like I've always wanted to, like. I guess we see. I mean, see, I guess CJ tra- just traveled, but he's a he's a good friend of ours. He just so he actually just mm-hmm. spent you know three a month in Puerto Rico. If that makes yep. sense. Um, or, Avery yeah, and I three, are actually bad. planning on trying to go to Europe for six months to a year. That is our goal, um, to live in Europe for a year. And so we've been doing small trips to get comfortable with it, you know, and things are a little bit easier in the time zone because that's a trick when you mm-hmm. keep switching from time zones. Um, really confuses people. Like, which time zone are you in right now? <laughs> I get asked that a lot. Um Right. But it's really learn you learn a lot about yourself and how quickly can you adapt to change. Um this last place we went from New Mexico and then we went um so it was like almost two months there and then a month in Colorado Springs. Avery and I hated Colorado Springs. Everything about it was the most difficult time mm. to be and like the internet wouldn't work. Um the, my phone reception didn't my phone my clients were like I can't hear you what what and of course during COVID no co- hardly any coffee shops are open so it was really challenging to find a good base to work out of um, every time we go we realize there's more questions we need to ask the person that owns the, the Airbnb like instead of do you have internet or wi-fi and the answer is yes okay, prove what quality of internet you have. Like, because I couldn't upload a file. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, this is, no, it Oof. really didn't. And this I'm doing live work. launches, you know, five-day <laughs> challenges. I'm going, this is not working. Um, what equipment do you take? You know, every time you go, you and you have to have policies and procedures put in place. Otherwise, it's almost impossible. So, making sure your systems are in your organization is really well done um, to how you pack the car. I mean, all of those things matter unless you can really, I'm not a person that can just work off a laptop. My neck starts to hurt, you know, that's not who I am. Um, So how do I take care of me, my business, my relationship and have fun at the same time? So we kind of think we talk about all those different aspects when we travel um, and we pack the car up and we leave. <laughs> That's why we sold our house out of Fargo so we could travel the world and then COVID hit. <laughs> so it was a little delayed, but we love what we do. Man, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Amy, can you, can you tell us if you had, uh, one piece of advice you have to give your 18-year-old self. Oh, but it would be so what much. Be? Um... <laughs> <laughs> you can't give it away. You know, we need them to go through some growth, you know. So what? what's just the one piece, you Listen know, more. push them over the edge a little bit? That would probably be the biggest one. Mm. I, I don't mm. think I fully understood what active listening was and how to do it correctly until almost my 40s and that was the number one skill i wish i would learned way sooner cooper and i were just reading the book together called never split the difference and i mean i feel like half of it was just you know things to do while listening oh that's what that's really all all it is is like listening because so so many you know so many times today like we listen to mm-hmm. respond or responding right? before we're acting instead of li- actively listening exactly and that yeah. was such a powerful totally. book just like totally. you know going in to negotiations with basically like a blank um like a like a blank canvas right yeah take this is what yeah, i want taking out the that, yeah the, preconceived ideas you have of the situation just going in with you not knowing anything then you really have yep. to listen so no um that's <laughs> that's great listen oh uh, mm-hmm. not sure if you're a reader amy 
um, one oh book goodness, that you so would many. recommend um, currently? The one I'm currently reading is, um, I just met her. She's a lovely lady out of uh, London. I think London, somewhere in England. Um, Mirror Thinking. So that's a mirror thinking. It's kind of like about the mirror of neutrons in our our brains. It's more, um, it's a fascinating read. Um, Things like that, I think, are great. You know, anything, another really good question, like for, that's for leadership. As far as becoming a better coach, um, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life by Marlene Adams. Mm. The power of learning how to ask the right mm. questions. It's it's 12 powerful tools for leadership, coaching, and life. Brilliant way of understanding um, questions. The other thing that made a huge difference in me and actually got me through COVID pretty darn well, um, Profit First by, by Mike Michalowicz. Yep. Um, and I actually was a pumpkin plant strategist, book. so I wa- I knew that whole world really well. Um, but I still, to this day, implement profit first, and it has made a huge difference in my financial. And that's how I got out of debt. Um, because if you don't understand an- your relationship with money, it's really hard to manage it. Man, that's, that's like a whole other <laughs> yeah. podcast right there. Exactly. Yeah. We got to keep it tight. We got to respect your time. Uh, uh, appreciate those yeah. um, those book recommendations. If anyone listening wants to learn more about what you do or potentially connect with you, um, what is the best way for them to get in touch yeah, with you? Yeah, um, LinkedIn you? is probably the Which easiest way. Um, and so it's just Amy Noopson, N-U-B-S-O-N. Um, otherwise it's my email address, which is amy at noopson.com. Really easy. Um, I always love, you know, I always do free one-on-one with people or just to have a conversation. Um, those are some of my funnest zoom calls, I guess I could say during the day, even though I'm on zoom six to eight hours a day. Um, I still get excited when I get to meet somebody new. Love it. Love it. Well, Amy, just want to say thank you for your time. This was awesome. Thank you. Um, And uh, I'm I'm sure we will be talking in the near future. Yes, I would love that. (laughs) Caleb Caleb doesn't know. (laughs) But but, uh, just just, just let me know what the plan is. I love it. But uh, all right, all right. So Sounds wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Yep. Bye. Another great episode. This is a good episode. Uh-huh. Amy really like. Amy, Amy's got a lot of layers. Well, bef- before we talk about that, I just want to say she saved you, bro. What did she save me from? She saved you, bro, because I was about to put you on blast on the podcast. <laughs> put, me on, put me on blast for what? So when she was talking about, and I don't know if you guys stayed in Colorado Springs. Was it Colorado? No. I actually, I was, I was in, um, I was way like three hours okay. north of there. Well, I'm just going to. But, but to be fair, I actually really like Colorado Springs. That's, well, that's a different part of Colorado. I, I'm. I guess <clears throat> kind of sad she didn't like it. I guess I'll just group all of Colorado then. But I remember when you went up there, we couldn't get the podcast. I had to go solo. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, because, you're not getting service at almost anywhere up there because your Wi-Fi was terrible. And so when she said it, I was like, okay, I'll let Caleb live on that that point. Then <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it just depends. Like one second you have great service, the next second you have none. It it's just that's how it is up there. It's crazy. And it's because there's so many different mountains and, but, um, I thought you're, no, I wasn't in Colorado Springs, but I, I like Colorado Springs. I'm, but if it affects your work, don't, don't play with my money, Coop. What's that? Don't, I mean, like I need the internet, right? And I'm, and her and her husband do too, right? Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like, 
Don't don't play with my money. For sure, but I think I think you you and the live purpose went there to get away from me. It's all good. It's all mm. good. No worries. You can think that. That's fine. The podcast will still go on though. It's all good. No worries. Yeah, I mean, if anything, we got it was better. <laughs> anyways, anyway, anyways, I think Amy's like an onion. He, like you had to slowly peel off layers and get more and more and more information and the deeper you went it was more like oh yeah man like there's like we probably could have talked to her for a very long time um oh yeah i mean you so what i you know and i I talked about it in the podcast a little bit one thing that i picked up is you have a story to tell no matter what people may think or say, you have a story to tell. Um, you know, and I, it's crazy because when you grow up, you live for the most part in one, one place of the world, right? Like, or once yeah, the perspective thing was big. Exactly. So you just think like, oh, I grew up on a farm. Like, that's not interesting. Who's, who's going to want? want to know about that so my mother-in-law grew up on a farm and here me i'm about four hours away four and a half hours i think that's awesome i think it's fascinating it's like the stories you hear mm-hmm. about what it was like living on the farm back in those days it's very fascinating and you see and you and what's and what she said and i and i don't think she was really trying to play on this point or do anything with this point, but the whole hardworking aspect, you know, something about growing up. I mean, we've had, you know, more than one individual that's had some type of farming background, but they're just tremendous workers, like hard workers. I'm not saying you need to be on a farm to work hard, but it just seems like that's the common theme. Um, so, yeah, you, you got a story to tell, and I love – Caleb, you know I love the whole fear uh, question, but uh, her, she said her purpose was bigger than her fears. Mm-hmm. Mm, 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 mm. I mean, I don't need to go to in depth, but I mean, again, to be able to fear, fear is always going to show up everywhere. Like you can't, you can't avoid it. You can't escape it. Um, like my best friend, Grant Cardone says, the only way to uh, reduce fear or reduce your risk is to take more risk or to do more fearful things. It's the only way to reduce it. So. Yeah, I think, I think my takeaway to piggyback just off the fear portion was, um, you know, make sure you know what your purpose is so that you, you know, when your back is against the wall, you have some leverage to push off, you know, it just, if you get yourself into a logical state, you know, your brain will figure it out. Your brain knows what's going on. Exactly. Um, Because otherwise you'll be all in your emotions. For sure. Yeah. When did you get Grant's phone number, by the way, your best friend? Oh, he, he got mine. You didn't. Know. Oh, my, my bad. Yeah. So he, you. so he, he does these challenges and he, he gets everyone's phone numbers and then he texts everybody. You know, mm. I get so hyped because I know it's fake, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it probably does hype you up. Oh, it does. I think me, me and uh, Lindsay need to have a vent session about you and Grant. Well, I mean. Yeah, you can go ahead. My little daughter's starting to get really involved with him too. I'm sure she is. We, we were just sitting down the other day watching uh, Undercover Billionaire. Uh, I actually low key need to watch. Oh, that. you um, okay? So, for before we again, make sure you go follow Amy on LinkedIn. Uh, email her. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. They're they got some things that they're working on. Uh, for some people here in in the Fargo Moorhead area that you will be seeing shortly, also uh, yeah, make sure you uh, look out for them. To uh, undercover billionaire, 
though. So everyone that says that they can't uh, do anything or like making it or whatever, whatever the saying is, is impossible. Some excuse. Can't do it. Like, so at least the season I'm watching. So there's three individuals. I mean, Grant's obviously the main, you know, the one I follow. So I know him pretty well. Uh, But anyways, they got people that come from basically billion dollar portfolios or billion dollar background, whatever. They tell them they 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 basically drop them off in a random city. They got to change their name. They got to change their identity, and they give them they drop them off, and all they get is a busted up truck and a hundred dollars, and they have ninety days to build a million dollar business, and so. All I'm saying is, see, I'm all about getting free content. Like, that's like a, like, watching that show is like going to a conference for me. Because these guys are putting things out of their years of experience on this show. And they're giving away their tips, strategies, tricks, like things that they used in their current life to get to where they're at. So, like, I'm just saying. So, my, so anyways what I was saying is my little daughter starting to watch that with me. And she was like, Oh daddy, there goes uncle G. She's probably, she's talking to me half the time about him. And I have to like, stop Bray. Yep. That's yep. Uh huh. <laughs> so, but anyways, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. But no, this was great. This is a great episode with Amy, y- you know, uh business consultant. Um, I loved how she said that if you're a coach, you need a coach. Um, you you're never too you're always going to need mentors in your life oh it's great it's just great seeing her who's achieved success yet and still she has a coach and she's a coach you know and i'm pretty sure andrea who we had on a few episodes ago is a health coach she also has a coach you know so always need mentors man Always. Oh, that's how I got. Yeah, I, no, no arguments for me. I think she said she just learned how to listen in her early forties. Um, you know, I mean, always learning, too. I mean, just it, lots of layers in this one. I got like, I, I, I need to go back, listen through, and send her a message for sure, for sure. Um, all right, guys. Uh, you know, same. Uh, same. Uh couple sentences have you recorded a loop yet i have might just be easier i I should just hit play next time i'll just all right guys listen in hey everybody this is we're from (laughs) (laughs) but nope seriously please rate or please subscribe rate leave a review um we appreciate it all right caleb i think we're getting a little little long-winded here That's it, Coop. All right. See you next week, everybody. See you next week.